What's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode we have a very special guest, 5th round draft pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets and junior forward from the Yukon Huskies, Kale Howarth, who will be our podcast guest today. But before we get to that interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow us on Instagram, follow us on Spotify, and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow and helps new people find it, and I appreciate that so much. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. I appreciate that so much as well. Like I just mentioned, our guest today is with UConn forward Kale Howarth. If you guys do not know, UConn is one of my favorite college hockey teams personally, and having the chance to talk to one of their players was a huge honor for me. But I feel like you guys will love this interview as well, as he talks about some of the struggles he had adapting to college hockey and being recruited, and how he tries to improve every day to become the best player he can be. He's not just a great hockey player, he's a great guy as well, and someone that everyone wants to root for. So without further ado, here is Kale. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, we have UConn rising junior and fifth round pick of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Kale Howarth. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Kale, and how's everything going? Yeah, and my first question to you is, how's quarantine been going for you, and what's it been like uh, to prepare for this upcoming season? Um, so for the first little bit, uh, it was pretty tough. Um, we really didn't have anything that was open. Um, here in Alberta, we kind of took our time slowly starting to open up uh, businesses and gyms were kind of the last priority and, you know, rinks as well. Um, but uh, luckily in Red Deer, we kind of got a state-of-the-art gym. Uh, a guy named Noah Welsh, he used to play at uh, Harvard and played a bunch of pro. He uh, started up a gym called The Dome. And uh, so I, I've been training there for the last two months um, and it's kind of been the best training that I've ever kind of been doing and then uh the rinks have been opening up uh so I've been starting to skate three four times a week and um so yeah it's been good there and then I head back to school on uh on the 13th and then we have to quarantine for another two weeks there and then start up class and start skating again so it's been pretty good all in all yeah and as you know hockey east announced that they intend to play this year do you know anything else of what the season might look like if there will be fans or not um no i i haven't really uh like gotten any word i i can't imagine that there will be fans uh it might be a little quiet but uh uh i can i can imagine that you know uh teams and rinks will be doing stuff that you kind of accommodate for like you know a lot more noise yeah. Uh, and then, you know, broadcasting games, maybe, maybe making them free to the public or I don't know. But, um, yeah, I haven't really got any word of officially what's going to happen. So, And like I mentioned earlier, you're going to be a junior this upcoming year, being an upperclassman. What type of leadership do you hope to bring to this year's UConn team? Um, I feel like uh, I have a big – kind of a big leadership role, um, you know. But it's it's not really like going off by class, you know, our – like our sophomores are going to be a big part of our leadership too. And, um, you know, we don't have a, a lot of freshmen coming in, so um, it's going to be good and everyone's going to be pulling their, pulling their weight, pulling the rope. But, uh, but yeah, for me, I, I, I see myself being a lot more vocal this year, a lot more comfortable in the room and, you know, just trying to get the most out of the guys. Uh, you know, we've kind of been stuck in the same, same spot in hockey East for quite some time and, this is a year where, you know, we really want to get over that hump and, um, you know, we got the team to do it. We got the ability to do it and, you know, it just starts with great leadership and it's what we had last year and it's uh, been pretty eye-opening for what we need to do this coming up year. Yeah. What are some of your goals and expectations, not only for the team, but for yourself since you have some unfinished business, since you didn't have the chance to play Maine in the quarterfinals last year? Yeah, so I'd say for for the team, um, you know, we're we're always we're always trying to play for trophies. You know, we're that, that's our main goal. Our our coach has three three things that he wants uh, us to do in the year. He's, he wants to make us better men. Uh, he wants us to play for trophies, and he wants us to graduate. Um, so you know what, a goal of mine is is to play for every trophy that we can this year. And uh, I mean, hockey's like that's that's the first one that you got to start with so that's kind of 
it's kind of my vision for this year. It's in the back of my brain that all I want to do is play for that trophy and I want to win it. So, um, and then for myself, uh, you know, I, I know I'm not like a flashy goal scorer or anything, um, but, you know, I just, I, I want to make sure that every game I come out and have a purpose and, um, you know, I'm filling, filling the role that, you know, my team needs, um, you know, if they need me to score goals, uh, like I want to be able to score goals if they want me to, you know, make big hits and, you know, get in the, in, in the corners and create time and space for my teammates. That's what I'm going to do, but I'm not really setting, uh, setting any expectations for points and, and anything like that. It's just my goal this year is to be the best possible player I can for our team. So. You grew up in Red Deer, Alberta. How did you start playing hockey? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I grew up in Red Deer, and my uh, my dad, uh, he brought me out to uh, one of his beer league games when I was around two or three, and, yeah, I can remember it. I used to want to be a goalie so bad, and uh, so he put me in all the gear, and, you know, if, there, if it was a blowout game, you know, they'd, they'd let me go out and, you know, buzz around for the last two minutes or something like that just have a little bit of fun and yeah it just it all started with my dad it's he's been uh it's been the guy that I looked up to as a kid and I still look up to him now so did you have a favorite particular player growing up and if so who was it and what part of their game did you try to model to your game yeah um I'd say growing up uh, kind of being being from Red Deer, I'm stuck in between Edmonton and Calgary. And as a, as a young kid, I was uh, I was a Flames fan. Um, so it was probably a combination of Jerome McGinley and Mika Kippersoff. And then as I got older, I started to kind of gravitate towards the, the younger teams and um, younger players coming in. And then uh, I love the Oilers, but my cousin and I, we were, we had our hearts set on Alexander Ovechkin. I just, I loved him growing up. I just loved the way that he just attacked in that, wanted to just score goals, how much he loved scoring goals. It just, it was exciting for me. So those are probably my three favorites growing up, I'd say. And before UConn, you played in the BCHL for the Trail Smoke Eaters. What was that experience like for you and how did it help you prepare for college hockey? Um, honestly, it was probably, it's probably a career changing place that I went to. Um, I uh, was coming out of a place in Red Deer where, you know, I, I was kind of told that junior B was going to be my path and um, no one really seen it in me, but I just knew that I loved the game. And I just, if I got on somewhere, I knew that I could keep playing. Um, so I was supposed to actually go to the Western league. Um, and then I went to trail for just to kind of get my legs under me. And I fell in love with the town, fell in love with the people and, you know, just the guys in the room. And, um, and yeah, it just, it made me comfortable. It made me, you know, realize how much I loved being there. And, uh, and then, you know, coaching staff changed my, uh, after my rookie year. And then my second year, Cam Keith kind of came into the picture as head coach and he forever changed my life. He was the first one who kind of told me that I had NHL ability and, um, you know, if I just kind of listen to him, stick, stick by him and, you know, he'll, he'll be able to get the most out of me. And he, uh, he really helped me transition into being a, into a good hockey player, learning how to play the game, learning how to like, you know, like learn about myself and gain confidence. And, um, but you know, he, he always told me that it was never going to be easy going to the next level. He always said, it's a big jump. And, um, but I, I was always a guy who just, you know, I, I wanted it to, like, I wanted to be good at the next level. So I'd always listen to him and he helped me. Uh, I think he helped me early on get a good jump start into, uh, into college hockey. And, you know, I still call him every year. I, I call him when I have my highs and my lows. And, um, so yeah, he's been kind of everything to me in trail and the whole city of trail like I mentioned I just fell in love with it fell in love with the guys bunch of locals who were on the team and yeah I love going back there so it was uh kind of a life-changing experience for me I'd say
And you got to play against some former or current UConn players. Carter Turnpole played in the BCHL, same with Johnny Evans. Um, do you ever talk to them about the BCHL days, and did you learn anything about their games? And how, what was it like being to play with them and not against them in college? Uh, yeah. Um, so I remember playing those guys quite vividly. They'd, they'd always take it to us pretty good uh, my first two years. But, um, no, it was good, like, learning how to – like, learning who they were as players. Like, Johnny is – Johnny's just a little skilled guy, and um, so he was always tough to play against. And Carter was, you know, he was a hard, like, up and down the wall, like, good goal scorer, like, you know, really hard to play against. And, you know, it made it fun, like, wanting to play against those guys because, you know, you, in a way you're kind of competing for a spot in juniors and in college. And um, But then, no, it's, it's great now, um, like, playing – playing on their team uh yeah I played with Johnny I played with Carter and they're both great guys great hockey players and and now it's funny now all three of us were roommates this year but uh yeah no it's it's been uh it's been pretty pretty awesome like playing with those guys getting to grow up watch them play and see how see how their games evolved and uh you know you pick up little stuff that they do like so it's it's pretty good I I love I love you know having some BC guys on the team. It's fun to, fun to chat about. In 2017, you were drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets. What was your draft day like and how did you find out you were going to go there? My, uh, so my draft day was kind of different than probably everyone else's. I'd say, uh, I didn't want to be that guy sitting in the stands all day and, you know, nervous, sweating. Um, and so I was training in Penticton and, uh, couple of my teammates from trail we went down to Penn and uh we were on the golf course and everyone just kind of said you know put your phone away just focus on golf and focus on just being with the guys and just having a good time because you know it's it's an unpredictable day you never know what could happen you know you you could go second round you could go seventh round you might even not get drafted and um I, I can remember it so vividly and it was pretty nice because it came from uh the centerman who i you know had been with all year and his name's ross armor and uh yeah he just kind of looked at his phone we were on the sixth six hole right on the tee box and i was about to play and he was like like kale like congratulations like you went to columbus and i just remember i had a permanent smile on my face and um, you know, couldn't really play the rest of the round because my phone was blowing up. But um, no, it was it was good. I'm I'm kind of glad how it played out, and I'm I don't think I'd change it for the world. I think I was with the I was with the right guys. I was in the right setting, and then you know, kind of took off to Columbus later that day and headed headed to development camp, and it was pretty fun. Yeah, talk about getting the opportunity to participate in the Blue Jackets development camp and the whole experience. And was there anything unique you got to do there? Um, I think it's just pretty, like, pretty cool. Like, you know, seeing the, like, the high level scale of guys and, you know, how, how there's not, like, everyone's just, like, they're in it for the same reason you are. Everyone's trying to chase being an NHL player and everyone's just that much better. And, um, you know, it, I uh, I had never really trained hard. Uh, like, I had trained before, but I hadn't, like, had a trainer. Um, and then I get to camp and I see all these guys, and, you know, they've had trainers since they were, like, 12, or uh, they've been, like, some guys are playing pro, and you just see how guys handle themselves, and you see the day-to-day life and how everything kind of happens. And, um, yeah, it was pretty eye-opening, and it was awesome for me to, you know, kind of go in there. Uh, my first year, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was there, and He's a guy who my game can, you know, not obviously not that high skill, but, you know, I, I see like shades of my game in his and um, just seeing kind of how he handled himself. Uh, just, you know, everyone's a great guy. Everyone, you know, everyone's there because, you know, no, no one's a bad guy. Everyone works hard. Everyone's skilled. Everyone like practices so hard, but it's just like the things that, you know, he did that separates from like guys who won't make it. I think that's the best experience that I could have taken out of that. And then 
I got more comfortable, got in my own more and started hanging out with uh, like guys like Foodie, Peak, Fix Wolanski, my second, third year. And uh, yeah, it's just seeing, seeing how those guys handle themselves now. And, you know, I, I'm in, you know, I'm in close contact with some of these guys and it, uh, it just helps out much more seeing how, how a pro really goes about their life and about their career. So what's the interaction between you and Columbus during the college season? Do they talk to you at all or give you any pointers or tips? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we just had a phone call, uh, like a week and a half ago, just, you know, everything's been kind of crazy with, uh, with them starting back up. They had to, you know, start training camp, all this stuff. And, um, so, you know, they just kind of made it, they, they wanted me to make sure that I, I wasn't like forgotten about. Um, and then, you know, we had a really good chat about how, you know, they think it's a great, like great for me to go back to college and, you know, play this year. And um, this is my signing year with them. Um, so yeah, everything's, everything's been good. The talks have been good. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about where I'm at. Like uh, I, I honestly couldn't imagine not being with Columbus. Like it's, it's been pretty unbelievable. Like their whole staff is, is really, is really good, really hands-on with you. And um, Gregory Campbell and uh, Chris Clark, they're, they're super good, super easy to talk to. They, uh, you know, they provide video for me, good feedback. They're, you know, they're not just going to feed me what I want to hear. They're going to tell me like what I have to hear. Um, and then, yeah, they just give me a little, little advice on how to become a pro and how to do it consistently that can translate to pro because it's, it's a different game. It's a different schedule. And, um, but no, it's, it's awesome. I, I'm really happy with, with where I'm at and it's, it's a great spot to be. And I want to talk about your process and why did you decide to go to UConn? Cause I heard you were originally committed to Northern Michigan. Yeah, so I was originally committed to Northern Michigan. I, you know, I'm not the, not an academic weapon, as they'd say. Um, so I kind of had to grind to get into school. And um, so I kind of told my coach, Cam, Cam Keith, at the time, I was like, hey, first team that kind of bites on me and offers me a scholarship, uh, like I'm going to take it and you know I kind of bit really early and um then I t decided to take my fly down um I I really like the campus at Northern Michigan I like the the guys there the coaching staff was the coaching staff is what really drew me there uh it was Walt Kyle um and then uh some things happened uh change changing the coaching staff kind of happened and uh at that time I kind of been thrown on the central scouting and um me and my family kind of talked about it after and we thought it might just be in my best interest to you know venture out and you know see what else might be out there and you know so I the northern Michigan kind of understood where I was coming from and and so it was at the end of my season uh we were playing Vernon in the playoffs and uh Joe Pereira came down and uh he just kind of talked to me i I had a really, really hurt knee at the time, and but he was just still pretty. Uh, he had his heart set on me uh, coming down to visit, and uh, went down and visited. I was going to take a few more, few more fly downs later that week, but I don't know. It was something about just being at the campus, meeting the guys, meeting the coaching staff, seeing you know where where I was basically going to live for the next three, four years, and. It just going to a place like UConn, like it, you can't beat it. It's one of the best places to be. You're, you're so close to everything you're close to Boston, close to New York. And, um, the hockey's great. The rink's unbelievable. Uh, facilities are great. I just, you'd have to be stupid to say no and, and not go there. So I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with, with where I'm at. Uh, and then, I know that I knew that some of the guys who were recruited going in and um, I was just like, if, if I can jump on board here and we can all start, start getting in the lineup plan, it's going to be unbelievable. So yeah, UConn's UConn, I thought was the best fit for me. 
and uh, yeah, it's kind of shaped out to be pretty good for me. What's it like to play under Coach Kavanaugh and the entire coaching staff, Coach Helton and Coach Joe Pereira, like you just mentioned? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Coach Cav and I have a really good relationship. Um, you know, he'll he'll come and talk to me individually, personally, um, and he'll just be he'll tell me, you know, if I had a good weekend, you know, he'll be hard on me like he's like face offs, like he, like that department's got to be better, but. And then he'll sit there and work with me at it. And, you know, he's, he's a very personable guy. Uh, he kind of comes off as, you know, a hard O and, and, you know, like you're, he's a very intimidating guy, but, you know, deep down, he really just wants what's best for the players. And a guy like me who, you know, struggles in school, he really, really tries to work with me on becoming a better man and a better player. And, you know, things off the ice will translate on the ice and, He's worked with me so well. Um, so I'd say him and uh, a guy, uh, his name is Morgs. He, uh, he's like kind of the team manager. He had to step down this year, but they've been the best for hands-on with me with, I think, gaining confidence on and off the ice. Um, so I really, I really appreciate those two in that sense. Uh, and then Helton and Joe, they're just – they're young guys and they're, they're hungry to win They're And, you know, they want what's best for the team. You know, they'll, they'll be able to come in there and chirp the guys come in there. But uh, when game time comes around, like Helts is dialed in on video. He's, you know, he's got video every single day. If you want individual video, he'll do it for you. Um, you know, and he's so smart. He, he's a great hockey mind. And, um, and I get along with him really well because he played in uh, the old Alberta League. So we uh, have a little bit in common there just talking about Alberta. But And then Joe, he's, he's a little squirrely, but uh, I love him. And he's, he's a great, great guy, great coach. You know, he just wants what's best for the team. And, you know, he's, he's really, he, he can be really hard on the guys. And, you know, like you just know that all he wants is the best for the boys. So. Um, the coaching staff is unbelievable. Like I, I'm very happy with the with the coaching staff. Yeah, talk about your first year at UConn. What was the biggest adjustment you had to make to playing college hockey? Uh, I just think the biggest adjustment was going from juniors. You know, everyone. You know, they have the two, three like good guys who, you know, they could like take over a game or something like that, and. You know, then the rest of the game or like the rest of the guys, you can just kind of coast through and do whatever. But in college, it's like every team has every single guy like that. So every, every night is, is an absolute battle. And just knowing that every single night you have to bring it cause it's such a short, short schedule. Um, so being consistent is something that I really, really had to focus on. Um, and then the whole school aspect, like, going back to classes, waking up early, like getting there on time, you know, eating breakfast. Like that's something that I wouldn't do because I, you know, would have tendencies to be lazy. And um, that's something that, you know, my coaches and I have really worked on. And, you know, it's just getting in a routine, getting in a habit, adapting to that pro lifestyle that, that they all talk about and say that, you know, if you want to be a pro, you got to be, you got to have that right lifestyle. And, um, so I just think the whole off ice thing was a very big adjustment for me. And then, yeah, just the consistency wise in hockey, but, um, you know, I kind of picked up on it, uh, later on in the season and it kind of helped me gain momentum into, uh, to my next year. And during the freshman season, you had the opportunity to go to Northern Ireland and play in the friendship Four. what was the biggest culture shock you faced and what was the coolest thing you got to do when you were down there? Um, I, I really enjoyed Ireland. I thought that was probably the best, the best hot trip anyone could ever go on. Um, I don't know. I just, I thought it was like, I, my favorite part was, you know, we, we were pretty, uh, we were pretty like central in, uh, in Dublin and, um, we, you know, we just got to, or sorry, in Belfast and we, uh, we had like shopping centers all around and, uh, our coach was like, you know, we're here for a week. I want you guys to go have fun, do whatever you want to do, but, um, just like be smart. So we, you know, we go to the shopping malls and like, we go out for lunch and 
just it, it's so different like the people there and you know how how you communicate with them like but then it was also kind of different because you're going to northern ireland i didn't really know what to expect and you know you're getting like all like all the same food that you'd get in north america and uh so i don't know i just i thought it was just like pretty cool all around just the coolest thing that we did was uh we went to uh we went to a school and uh we like we got to hang out with the kids and they started teaching us a little bit about their their sports there uh, i forget what it's called but man like it is it, it is a hard and weird sport and you kind of kind of start to appreciate how hard how hard those sports are and uh they're like yeah like the best athletes in the like in in uh ireland they'll probably make like ten thousand a year and like they're the best athletes at what they do and it's just like it's it's a very hard sport and seeing how how much they how invested they are and you know how much they love they just love sports in general and they they love north americans coming over and doing that with you and so i I just thought it was super neat I, i loved interacting with the kids and so it was that was pretty fun. And you also had you also had the opportunity to play in Vegas. That was probably fun. What was the coolest thing you got to do in Vegas? And meeting Western Michigan was probably cool as well. Yeah. Uh Vegas was a pretty cool tournament. Um I uh I I'd only went when I was a kid. Um so I'd say, you know, like going out for breakfast and stuff, we went to the Hard Rock Cafe and getting to go in there and just kind of look around and, and see, like, see how, how cool it is inside. And then, yeah, I guess just like going through like all the hotels and like seeing how, how many like casinos there were, like, I, like we weren't there for that long. So we didn't really get to do any like fun stuff, but um, yeah, you just hear about all these stories about Vegas and um, actually like getting to be there and like, and kind of see it. it. It was pretty cool, but, um, yeah, the hockey was unbelievable. Like playing in the rink, uh, the T-Mobile, I think it is. Yeah. Like just, it was unbelievable. Like I think we were, we had like a an NBA, like where they had the NBA All-Star, they, the All-Star game, they, uh, where the NBA players were in the locker room. We had that room and it was unbelievable. Like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then like playing in the games, it was just, it was unbelievable. Like not a lot of fans there, obviously, but uh, it was just, it was crazy playing in that rink, seeing how big it is, like seeing all the lights, everything. It was, it was unbelievable. If And it's, we were saying, if that's not motivation to make you want to play in the NHL, I don't really know what is. So. Yeah. And unfortunately UConn didn't make the playoffs your freshman season. It seems like you guys struggled a little bit towards the beginning of the year, but then once you figure it out in like, February, March, it was a little too late and you didn't qualify. What do you think was the biggest reason that you didn't qualify for the playoffs that year? Um, I, I think it was uh, freshmen buying in, um, including myself. Um, you know, freshmen coming in from juniors, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of – you're the man in juniors. Like, that's usually how it is. And uh, coming in, you're not the man anymore. And, you know, you kind of have that ego and, you know, it's my way, like – uh, like this is how I want to do it. Um, team system isn't how I, I usually play. That's not how I'm successful. But um, and we came in with 12 or 13 freshmen uh, and all high end talent. So I, I think it was just a bit of a, an ego thing with the freshmen. Um, so I, I think that as soon as we kind of we all kind of sat down together and we live in the same building and we we're all like all right, guys, like, we're the one who kind of have to start steering the boat here and, and, and driving it. Um, there, like, there's 13 of us. Like, we got to start doing something. And ever since then, we, we all just kind of figured it out, dialed it in. You know, we'd make, we'd make all the freshmen stay and do extra video and stay out in practice, go out in the morning skates and, you know, just really start buying into, you know, what the upperclassmen were doing, how they were doing it, seeing how – seeing how they were buying in going to the rink early getting in extra workouts we started doing that and then we started winning and it just kind of became our 
our mentality and our staple and um our coach kind of loved that and kind of seen how seen how it helped and and then we took it into this year and and then yeah I was carrying into this year was pretty helpful what do you think has been your biggest improvement to your game since your freshman season um realizing that uh I'm not I'm not going to be a top six top three forward by my pure goal scoring ability like in junior you know I I was bigger and stronger than everyone so I could just overpower everyone and uh now I just kind of adapted into a into a role player I'd say like a role player with skill and and can skate um like I, I won't take that away from my game but learning that you know, I got to use my body in, instead of my hands. I got to get in on the forecheck and play heavier and, and put on more muscle mass so that I can, you know, sustain like the, you know, the heavy bodies in the corner and create time and space. And um, it's been a hard thing to learn. It's been really hard for me because I've always been a small skilled player. And, um, but I, I think now with the right kind of coaching that I'm getting, uh, the right skills coach at home, the right training, uh, the right meal plan. Um, I, I've kind of a, adapted into a, a better role and a better mindset of who I want to be as a player. And um, I think that's just what's helped my game the most. Just yeah, just knowing that I'm not going to be the guy making the, the fancy play who who is everyone's favorite player, but I'll be the guy who's you know going to try to go make a big hit and separate the puck and make it like – create some open ice for my line mates. So that was my biggest, my biggest thing. UConn was one of the hottest teams this past year. At what point during the regular season did everything seem to click and what was the biggest improvement to help that success towards the end of the season? I think it was our last, like last 12 games, I'd say. Well, actually, no, I think it started in the Connecticut cup. We had an unbelievable weekend. Like, we played very well, and we just didn't find a way to win. And it just frustrated everyone. And we just – it was just a bitter taste in our mouth. And, and you know, our captains, like, our leadership last year was the best I've ever seen. And, uh, and it was pretty eye-opening because I lived with uh, two of the captains. And uh, – and just kind of seeing how, like, how mad that they got that, you know, we're losing. Like, we're not scoring goals. So, like, they're, they're mad in practice. So, like, they're bearing down and focusing on scoring, focusing on every play being the next best play. And, and then as soon as we kind of elevated our practice, elevated, and then we started to elevate our game. And um, the final stretch of those last 10, we were like, we we're like, we have a chance to, like, like actually do something and we had I think we had the I think our last 10 games were all hockey East and they weren't like you know bottom end teams they were high end teams like UMass uh, BC BU and a lot of teams they're writing articles and our coach would come in and he'd put them on the board and he'd be like yeah look what this guy said about our team he says that we can't do it like like what like what does that do to you like how does that make you feel and we were all pretty, pretty rattled, pretty choked and went out there and we were just like, what do we have to lose? Like, we're going to play as hard as we can. We're going to be in your face. And I think that's kind of, kind of what changed. And we were the, we were a hard team to play against. And then we, we also have a lot of skill and we let our skill take over after we were grinding. And um, yeah, we, we were kind of one of the, yeah, one of the hotter teams coming down the stretch and, yeah, it was just kind of unfortunate how COVID kind of happened because we were kind of on a hot streak. Yeah, and at the end of the season, you beat number eight UMass in a great comeback victory. You also destroyed New Hampshire in one game at home, and you also destroyed Boston University on the road. Talk about that game, though, against UMass, and what was it like to upset one of the best teams in the country and last year's runners-up for the national tournament? Yeah, that was that was a pretty good feeling. Um, like UMass – they they would just roll right over us a year before, like with Makar and Ferraro and all those guys. And, you know, it just, like, like I said, like it just made us mad. And, and like all we wanted to do is just beat them. Like like we had in the back of our mind, like we need to beat them the last, game, last two games of the year. And we had a huge crowd. And, you know, 
it was kind of a back and forth game. Plays weren't really going our way. And, and, you know, we, we were just coming back in the locker room. We're like, like, we, we don't want this thing, man. We want, like, we need this momentum going into the playoffs. We need this win. Like everyone start pulling the rope, start pulling your weight, like do what you got to do. And I think it, for me, what all started was uh, my roommate, Adam Tereshek. He had a massive, massive block and he just, he sold out for it. And, you know, it's just when something like that happens, you're like, all right, this guy wants to win. And then our captain, new power, he goes down, blocks a shot. It's like, this guy wants to win. Like, these are your leaders. And kind of helped that uh, my line was kind of clicking that game. Uh, Carter Berger, he uh, had a nice goal. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then Mark Gatcom, he tied it up really late. Gave us a lot of momentum. The fans were buzzing. Everyone was buzzing. Crowd was electric. And then, yeah, it was just a big game, big, big goal at the end. And, yeah, it was pretty crazy. And you were supposed, you were to, play supposed to play in the quarterfinals before everything got shut down. How did you find out and what was the reaction amongst your teammates, especially Wyatt New Power, Ben Freeman, and Justin Howell? Because I knew how big those guys were for your room. Yeah, so we were actually supposed – so it was on the Thursday that we found out, and we were supposed to get on the bus. So we tried to we tried to play it like a normal Thursday. Um, you know, we'd kind of been seeing that, you know, there's a possibility of things shutting down the night before. and um, But, you know, new, like noobs and freeze, they were like, hey, like no one said that we're not playing. So, like, you know, they're just saying no fans right now, so everyone gear up get a good sleep and let's practice in the morning. We had a good practice in the morning. Um, and then coach Cavi was like, yeah, I got to get off early. And then we're going to have a meeting between hockey East and I'll be in it. We all went out for lunch, kind of, kind of had a bad feeling in our stomachs and come back, found the news out. And it was, probably the most heartbreaking thing I've ever experienced in my life. Just knowing that, you know, my roommate, Justin Howell, Wyatt new power, um, Ben Freeman, uh, he took me under his wing my freshman year and Sasha Payusov, he's been such a big part of like my career there and seeing them come in just full blown tears. Like it's tough to not feel for those guys. I was, I was pretty devastated for them, but, um, you know, I, I'm pretty happy for those guys. Like, I, I was never really worried about them. I knew that they're going to be successful in whatever they do, uh, whether it's hockey or whether it's not. But um, I, I'm just – yeah, it's you never want to see that for your seniors. But I know, I know a lot of us have talked, and we're, uh, we're kind of playing for our, our seniors, like our old seniors this year. We're kind of unfinished business is kind of what we're going off of. And – so, yeah, we'll, we'll be playing for them for sure. And I also want to talk about another former teammate, Ruslan Asaka. Um, I just want to ask, what was it like to play with him? And do you think he had the best hands in college hockey? Because every time I saw him, he was always just buzzing and scoring goals. Yeah, a little rusty. He, uh, he was such a good kid. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss him a lot. Uh, but hands down, the best hands I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I remember showing up my freshman year in the summer and it's three on three, no hit in the summer. And this kid just was unbelievable. Couldn't get the puck from him. Didn't really know English cause he showed up late. He had to, you know, he had to take like English courses. No one really knew him, but they just knew that this kid was a specimen. Like he was unbelievable. Hardest working kid too. He'd be on, he would be out on the ice for like five hours a day. And, uh, but yeah, this kid, he had drive, he had passion for hockey, and he just wanted to, like, learn learn the language, too, and he got really good at school. Like, he actually became one of my really good buddies just because, you know, he, he just wanted to learn about Canada. And so I just, like, I talked to him a little bit about Alberta, and then he'd, like, start talking to Johnny and start asking him about British Columbia. He's just, like, he's super interested in, like, his teammates and, and what they do, and um, yeah, no, he's, he's a great kid and he's, he's a big loss for our program, but, um, 
you know, I, I'm pretty sure he, he wouldn't have signed if it wasn't in his best interest. So, um, you know, I, I was, I was happy for him. He sent me a, sent me a really long text, uh, as soon as he signed. And so I'm happy for him. I, I hope he's in a really good spot, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't have any, any worries about Rusty going into this year. He's, he's probably ready for it. You have a lot of other skilled guys. You have Vladislav Firstov, who's a Minnesota Wild draft pick. He's very skilled. Jan Kuznetsov and Carter Turnbull, like I just mentioned, and Johnny Evans. Talk about what it's like to play with a lot of just NHL talent and just skilled guys like that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I like I like playing with those high skilled guys. It's like it's fun to watch, fun to like feed off them. Uh, I grew up playing with skilled guys, so I kind of know how to play with them. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting to see like you know in practice like these guys doing like unbelievable stuff and it's like you're just you like I try to pick up on it and and they teach me and it's it's pretty good like we got a lot of guys who you know they're not afraid to you know talk to you teach you help you out and you know if there's stuff that I do better than than what they do I'll tell them uh, like Condi and I like we have we have a different style than everyone else. Like we have to play big in the corners and if guys want to learn how to play in the corners, they'll talk to us. And, and then it's, you know, like pucks in the neutral zone, like how to get pucks off your hips and get them off quickly. Like I'll talk to Carter about it or Johnny. And um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome learning from these guys every day. It's always something new, especially, especially with Vladdy daddy. He's, uh, he's always got something new. Um, I have to ask you about Ben Freeman. He just signed the contract with the Maine Mariners. How excited are you for him, and what can Maine fans expect from Mr. Freeze? Uh, yeah, Freezy, he's, uh, he's the best guy. He's legit the guy that you want in your corner at all times. He, uh, like I said, he took me under his wing basically my freshman year, made me feel accepted and comfortable, and you don't really get that from a lot of – well, you don't think that you're going to get that from a lot of upperclassmen, so – um, but I think, I think Maine is one of the luckiest teams, honestly, like I, I'm surprised that it was an East coast deal. And I know that he's the type of kid who won't stop until he gets to the national level. And I know he has a skill and he has a drive. He has the passion for it. And I think that what they can expect out of him is, you know, a hardworking player with a lot of skill, an unbelievable shot and a lot of zip. He is an unbelievable guy and you know he'll he'll be a fan favorite there for sure. Um you know he'll he'll do every little extra thing that you know go out of his way to make a fan's day or anything like that uh and especially like teammates he'll he'll do anything to go out of his way to make sure that they feel accepted, welcomed and and wanted. So he's uh he's a true leader and he's uh he's a really good guy. Now we're going to get in the segment in the podcast I call the non-hockey questions. My first one is what type of music do you listen to before a game? And do you think UConn has the best warm-up mix? Because I was listening on to SoundCloud and Brian Nelson makes the warm-up mix apparently. And he's just a great DJ. So I have to ask you, what music do you listen to? And does UConn have the best warm-up mix? Yeah, so my preferred music, um, I switch it up here and there. Um, sometimes uh, I'm country. Uh, I, I like a lot of country. Uh, Sometimes I'm rap and then sometimes I'm a podcast. If if my brain's racing too much before a game and I need to calm down, I'll listen to a nice podcast, you know, really focus myself and then get ready. No music and then but a lot of the times I'm I'm a lot of country. Um I'm a big Dan and Shea guy. But uh now Sonic is he's unbelievable. I uh I even play his songs like in the summer when I'm hanging out with my buddies and, and they love it. Like they think he's unbelievable and his warm up mixes are, are so good. So I know I'm always high stepping in warm ups when I hear him uh him cranking it out. So yeah, I, I think he's one of the best DJs in the league and we got one of the best warm up mixes going. No, I have to ask you who's the funniest on the team, because I know some guys might say it, you might say it's you, but other guys will say it's Ryan Wheeler. Who do you think is the funniest? Yeah, I can't give it to Ryan Wheeler. It it just it go right to his head. Um, it's it, I I'd say it's Carter Berger, um, but I'll give Wheels a close second. But I can't I can't give him first seed. 
Now, obviously, Connecticut is known for its pizza. Tomasz Bomaszka was telling us that Blaze has the best best pizza in stores. What? It, who has the best pizza in stores? Yeah, I, I'd say that it's uh, I'd say that it's Blaze, but you know, you gotta you gotta get the Harrison Reese Simple Pie. He's <laughs> uh, he's a simple pie guy. <laughs> um, who has the best style on the team? Zach Robbins, hundred percent. Yeah, everyone keeps saying, Tim, what type of stuff does he wear, like, on and off the ice? Oh, designer, you name it. Like, he's wearing pinstripe pants that come up to his shins, and he's wearing these crazy shoes all the time. Always always got, like, rings, and, oh, he's just he's the best. And, you know, sometimes when, I, when I'm feeling a little courageous, he'll deck me out in some of his some of his jewelry, but – yeah, I'm not. It's not my style too much. Now, who's the best trash talker on the team when you guys uh, play someone on the road or at home? Uh, I'd say last year it was definitely Justin Howell. <laughs> uh, that guy is – he just – he'll say anything and it'll just make anyone mad. So, I think he was the best trash talker for sure. What is your favorite TV show? Got to be The Office. Probably watched it 15 times. Can't get enough of it. Who do you think would be the best hockey player on that show? Besides Michael Scott, obviously. Dwight Schrute. (laughs) What do you think his hockey style would be like? Would he wear a visor or no? Oh, no. He'd be – I think he'd wear the half bubble, half cage. And I think he'd just be a pure grit goal. I mean, (laughs) grinder. He'd just be selling out blocking shots. That's his – that's Dwight Schrute. Now, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be? Elon Musk. What is your favorite class at UConn? Uh, probably either uh, superheroes or witches and wizards. Um, which teammate has the best hair? Oh, best hair. Carter Turnbull. Nice. And uh, last question before we let you go, or before we go back to some more hockey questions, is what is your biggest pet peeve? When people are late, I can't stand it. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with you on that. And back to some hockey questions now. What advice would you give someone trying to pursue Division I college hockey? Um, I'd definitely say – I know this is what I would say to myself at a younger age is um, really, really focus on your high school. Like uh, like that's my biggest regret in life is not trying in school and just trying to get by and, and then also take your time and, and, you know, go to a place where, you know, where you feel that like that comfort, like being comfortable in a place Um, when you're not comfortable in a place, it's, probably not the right fit for you so I, I'd say keep keep searching keep looking keep reaching out to schools if they're not reaching out to you and um yeah my biggest thing is just being comfortable with where you're playing that's that's huge uh what's been your favorite hockey memory so far at UConn favorite hockey memory at UConn um I I'd have to say that went over UMass that was that was the best win that we've ever had as a program. So now before we let you go, is there any shout outs you'd like to make to any family, friends, or other teammates on the team? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to shout out Johnny Evans. Uh, Cause I know he's sitting at his computer playing video games all day. Um, yeah. And then I'd like to shout out uh, my dad, Ricky. And my two dogs, Norman and Butter, who always keep me going. So shout out to those guys. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kale, for coming on the podcast. I wish you all the best with UConn and Columbus in the future. And hopefully we can have a season with fans. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. Was, I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a nice day. Yeah, you too. Yep. Just wanted to say thank you so much to Kale for coming on. It really means a lot to me, and it was great getting the opportunity to talk with him and talk to him about some of his time at UConn, and just a great you know, overall interview with him. 
And I just want to say thank you so much to him for coming on. And yeah, thank you to everyone who had listened to this episode. There's no news going on in college hockey at the moment, but when there is, I will definitely report on it. Uh, so I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. We have some fantastic interviews coming your way in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. But until then, take care, everyone. Have a nice day and stay safe. And yeah, should be fun. Hopefully college hockey will start in the next few weeks. Bye. Had a church load today Now my brain's dead weight like that Lost my keys, but don't give a shit Cause tonight I can sleep where you sleep From the cab up the stairs, put the keys in the lock Put the keys in the lock